Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Unity Center for Positive Living. My name is Susan, and I'm really happy to see you all here. Let's open with the daily word, and the word for this day is grace. With joy and gratitude, I welcome grace. The guiding, healing, harmonizing presence and power of God is everywhere present. Divine grace is mine whenever I say yes to this presence within me. I release any thought that I am unworthy of grace. Nothing I could do or fail to do would ever disturb my divine identity. Grace need not be earned, nor can it be bought. It is inexhaustible. No matter how much comes my way, I can relax to complete, in complete trust that even more will be available as I need it. Grace doesn't happen to me. It expresses through me. Just as I have been blessed to receive grace when I have needed it, I am honored to be the conduit through which it flows to someone else blessing them in a time of need and from second corinthians 4 15 yes everything is for your sake so that grace as it extends to more and more people may increase thanksgiving to the glory of god and continue our opening with surely the presence and we will be and then I can hear. Let's sing this through twice. page which was created for us by Amy and um, it's just so happy and joyful and us thank so you. thank you very much all right we're going to say our opening statement together now sorry Joanne for getting us off there we go 
there is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life, God the good. And if you're able and in a mood, you can stand up for our welcoming song, Open the Eyes of My Heart.
Now you can remain standing because we're going to greet our neighbors right now. Good morning. Good morning, sir. We're just grabbing Oh, there we are. Good morning. Good morning. 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 Thank you. We're going to be doing some rugged indoors. All right, here. I only got one hand. So. Do those one-handed Thank you, Thank you, Sorry. Mary, look at your beautiful hair. You know, Jay? I did. I did. But I heard it with But Grandfather said, anytime two or more want to come to drum and sing, he would be so delighted to have us. So um, we can talk about the interest and a date. Next Saturday, June 17th, is Juneteenth. And there's a celebration in Washington Park downtown from 10 to 2. No, from 10 to 12. And there are local speakers and soul food and bring your chair. Everybody's welcome. And on the last Sunday, the 25th, 
America Book and Film Club is going to be discussing Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution by Ellie Mistal, and that's from 3 to 4.30. And it would be really great to see a few more of our faces. We are one of the sponsors of that group, and um, we could represent a little more, so that'd be awesome. There, it's always a good discussion. Okay, it's time for us to say, are there any more notes? <laughs> <laughs> I think Joanne wants to say something. Okay, next, Father, next Sunday is Father's Day. Ladies, we can discuss downstairs the menu. Um, we, we arrive at 8.30 and we serve at 9. And Joyce is the piano player, so she's bringing a breakfast casserole just as the hash browns and eggs and sausage in it, so we have to work around that. I'll see you downstairs. Okay. Continue. <laughs> yes, well, I'm sure that's an announcement that makes all the guys happy, huh? All right, are there any other announcements? Okay. Well then, let us continue with the unity statement. Let's say this together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And this morning, our song of joy is I Can See Clearly Now, and I bet you might want to stand up for this. Your choice.
Gratitude and Grace. We have Grace, a Beautiful Way to Live by Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. I didn't see that. <laughs> Good, all right. The published writings of Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore contain surprisingly few references to Grace, just more than 50. While Fillmore often reinterpreted traditional Christian views, he stuck with a traditional understanding of Grace as evidenced by the following quotes. By the grace of God, through Christ Jesus, I am made whole, Charles Fillmore, and Jesus Christ heals. Grace means goodwill, favor, disposition to show mercy. Therefore, we do not hold ourselves as bold servants of the law, but as recipients of the grace of God, as sons of the Most High, Charles Fillmore, to the true moment. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Charles Fillmore, Mysteries of John. Like Fillmore, I long believed grace was the free and unmerited favor of God. In other words, God did not punish us as much as he might have for our sins and errors. At the same time, Fillmore taught about the law of cause and effect, which is summed up by this scripture. You reap whatever you sow, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. As a student of unity teachings, I learned we sometimes do not entirely reap the negative effects of what has been sown because of a higher law or principle of love. Whether it is God stepping in to save us from our error thinking or the operation of a higher law, there is another way to look at grace. A few months ago, while I was enjoying a cup of coffee at my favorite Starbucks, two men sat at the next table. As I overheard their conversation, I realized they were both ministers. I must admit to leaning a bit closer to better hear them. The older of the two was clearly mentoring the younger one. The older minister asked the younger one how his parents had treated him when he was out of line or sinned. Without missing a beat, the broad smile, a broad smile spread across the younger man's face. No matter what, my parents always offered me grace. What? I thought to myself. I sure wish my parents had done that with me. I had never really considered grace in this way. It was always for the exclusive use of God. Could we be the ones who offer grace? to each other. As I thought more deeply into this concept, my mind opened. 
This makes so much sense in the context of another teaching found in unity. Charles Fillmore believed God is principle. The truth is then that God is principle, love, Charles Fillmore, Christian healing. In the revealing word, Charles Fillmore states this, all good divine minds, God, the principle of divine benevolence that permeates the universe found alphabetically under all good. What if grace is one way we use the principle of benevolence? We could say God is the principle that contains principles and the principle of benevolence is one of them. Since we are divine, then the principle of benevolence is at the core of our being. One way we use it is to offer grace to others and ourselves. Instead of punishment or retribution for a perceived slight or wrong, we offer grace. When another errs or makes a mistake, instead of condemnation or punishment, we grant grace. What a beautiful way to live. Indeed, thank you. Thank you, Eileen. And now it's time for our meditation song. Thank you. 
affirmations together. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and in the perfect way. And today we will say the progressive Lord's Prayer together, followed by the Alleluia. Please join me. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come. I am thy will being done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all people from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power, and I am the glory of God in immortal, immortal manifestation. All this I am. speaker each week of the month and on the second week we have the pleasure of welcoming Audrey Pitchford, licensed Unity teacher from Olivia and today she's going to be talking about stumbling blocks and keys to demonstration. Okay well good morning everyone. A little transition time for me. Thank you for your patience. Okay well like Susan said today we're talking about stumbling blocks and keys to demonstrations. So um, there were two guys walking along and all of a sudden one of them tripped and fell. And the other guy said, oh my gosh, that was a big fall. Are you okay? And the first guy said, oh yeah, oh, I was just looking for something. And his friend said, well, well what were you looking for? And the, the guy who fell said, my balance. <laughs> See if we're going to advance here. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, stumbling blocks and keys to manifestation. And this is from our book that we've been going through by uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. It was fun to hear something else he, he wrote today. Um, so, he wrote the book on heart centered metaphysics. 
And in unity, um, we use the word metaphysics slightly differently. So the literal meaning just means beyond the physical. And in unity, often the word metaphysics is used to refer to uh, theology. So big questions about what is God? What is humanity? What is our relationship with each other? And we always look at these questions from a heart-centered perspective. So I love um, that the daily word today is grace because I always think of grace as unconditional love. And sometimes um, when I stumble, I know that it can be easy to go to a place of shame in my own thinking. And so I value grace and unconditional love. And I think it is so important that we extend compassion and grace to each other and to ourselves because Stumbling happens as part of the human experience. All right. And when we stumble, kind of like the guy in the joke, it can be helpful to seek out our balance and maybe have a little sense of humor at the same time. So I want to talk first of all about this word demonstration because um, this chapter talks about um, keys to demonstration. And a lot of times I think about demonstration as like showing someone else something. So I'm going to demonstrate how to play the piano or I don't know how to play the piano or I'm going to demonstrate how to how to knit, which I don't know how to do either. <laughs> so I'm not going to be very good at demonstrating either of those. But a lot of times I think we hear this word demonstration as the idea of showing someone else something. And our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, used words in non-traditional ways. And um, I really like what he has to say about demonstration, which we're going to look at in a bit. I actually found the word demonstration kind of intimidating when I started with unity. Um, there was a minister who told a story, and I don't know if this is true or not, about the library at Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute, the library where the ministers went to study. And this minister said there's reading glasses stuffed all in the books at the library. And this minister said the reason was that someone, some student would be in the library with their reading glasses on reading and someone else would come upon them and they'd quickly rip off the reading glasses and stuff them in the library shelves so that um, wouldn't think they had vision problems and interpret that as a lack of their holiness or a lack of spiritual progress because they hadn't self-healed their, their reading challenges. Now, I don't know if that story is true or not, um, but like I said, when I came to Unity, I felt very intimidated by this word demonstration, like, oh, I'm going to have to prove how holy I am by my eyesight, and that's not going to go super well. <laughs> and um, that's not what we're talking about here with demonstration. We're going to look at what um, our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, had to say about demonstration. And this is from his book, The Revealing Word, where he interpreted terms metaphysically, looking beyond the physical at what um, this word meant. And um, certainly, we don't have to agree with him. Uh, I do like his explanation, however, where he says there are three steps in every demonstration. He says the first step is the recognition of truth as it is in principle. The recognition of truth as it is in principle. So recognizing that we are 
all one with the divine, recognizing that we are each expressions of the divine, that this is our starting place. And then Fillmore also talked about holding an idea, and presumably this will be an idea that aligns with the idea of divinity in everyone, and acknowledging fulfillment, acknowledging fulfillment. So there's nowhere in here where it talks about proving something to somebody else. <laughs> oh, and Fillmore's definition of uh, demonstration was definitely an inside job. When I was teaching a class a couple years ago, um, this class was called Healing and Wholeness, and it was one of the classes that um, folks have to take if they're studying to become licensed unity teachers. And there were several people who indicated that they had really delayed taking this class. There were 25 classes and they were taking this one at the end of the 25, that they had avoided this class because they had chronic health conditions and they were worried that in the class they were gonna be judged or told they were not spiritually mature or progressed enough because they had these chronic conditions. And one of the authors that we studied in that healing and wholeness class is um, a lady named Reverend Joy Weiler. I don't know if anyone has heard of her. She's written for some of those little booklets like Eileen reads to us from. She was also published in Unity Magazine several times. And Reverend Joy Weiler uh, is a woman who was born in the 1950s with a rare form of dwarfism. And I met her one time at a Unity conference. She's since passed away, but she was probably this tall. She was a very tiny person. And she talked about her experience being born in the 1950s in a hospital where the medical profession had told her parents to abandon her because they said she likely won't survive. And she was at the hospital by herself for a couple days. And then her father changed his mind and he decided to go and get his daughter and bring her home and how she was raised in a loving, supportive environment. But she writes about what she called radical wholeness, this idea of seeing herself as whole and well and complete, regardless of any physical condition that might be present. And so uh, we relied on this example as we explored the idea of demonstration in a class about healing and wholeness. This idea also reminds me of this great passage from the book of Matthew. Whatever you ask for in prayer with faith, you will receive. And I think this shows the power of our thoughts, the power of investing our thoughts with feeling. We know from unity writings that asking for something is the same as affirming it. So going back to the, the word from the daily word today, grace, affirming God is grace and I am grace. From that great reading where Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck talks about that maybe we're the ones who can express grace to each other. And we know that uh, when we see these prayers with faith, with our recognition that the Most High is in them, that we receive as we claim. Now, we may manifest in the outer with our prayers and with our demonstration, and we know that the inner work always comes before the outer work. And so we know that as we affirm these divine
imagination or whatever we focus on, we know that our inner consciousness changes. And sometimes there's a manifestation in the outer as well. So these stumbling blocks, I like to think of them as a feature of humanity, <laughs> having a human life. Sometimes we stumble over stuff, or at least I have. You don't have to admit if you have or not. Um, um, but when we think about these stumbling blocks as the things that get in our way, the things that get in our way, and many times they seem to be in the outer. Let me give you this example. I could be happy if only my spouse did blur, blur, blur. <laughs> or only my daughter did this, or if my mom would stop doing that, okay? Many times as humanity, we tell ourselves these stories that our happiness, our peace, our joy depends on somebody else doing something or not doing something. And the reality is that the stumbling block may be my own thoughts and feelings. Why am I so attached to somebody else doing something? Why am I so attached to someone else not doing something? What do I need to shift in my own consciousness to realize that I can get past the stumbling block? I'm sure we all are already familiar with many strategies or keys for overcoming stumbling blocks. And we'll go through a few today. We're actually going to practice one during our meditation time. Um, and I like this picture because it's got all these keys that are all different sizes and shapes. And the reality is, is that um, if we have one key, it may open one thing, maybe a couple things. It probably will not open every lock or every door that we want to get through. If we have a bunch of keys, we increase our likelihood of being able to unlock a door or unlock a lock because we have now a greater variety of tools to approach that door with. In the same way, if we have a toolbox and all we have in there is a hammer, there's gonna be a limit to what we're going to be able to build or fix. But if we start adding tools to our toolbox and now we have a wrench and now we have a screwdriver and maybe we have a drill and we add some other you know pliers and other fancy things the more tools we have the more we're going to be able to build or fix and so in a similar way when we go through the keys to overcoming um spiritual roadblocks these are not the only keys i'm sure there are a million uh infinite number of keys um, some of these keys overlap and can be used together, so they may not be really easy to parse out separately. And the more tools we're aware of, the more tools we practice, the greater resiliency we have when those spiritual roadblocks come our way. And so um, I know that there's a, um, that there's a handout um, that uh, Tom uh, brought and provided copies to for everyone. And so there's some ideas on that handout. And I'll also ask you, what, what keys have you used? What strategies or spiritual tools have you used when you've run into stumbling blocks? Or what tools do you know about? Meditating. Meditating. OK, great. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Grounding. OK. All right, I like that. Thank you. Mantras. 
Mantras, yeah, yeah. So it makes me think about that beautiful song that we had for our meditation song. Oh, how lovely that was. Very grounding and centering, yeah. Other tools that people use? Journaling, me too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we might already be familiar with several of these tools. I'm just going to say a few words about some of them. Um, mindfulness meditation. Uh, I think uh, many folks in Unity, it's hard not to know about meditation when you've been uh, coming to Unity for a while. I love the self-awareness that comes with meditation. And I always connect this for me with journaling because when I'm working on a really big issue, oftentimes the more I meditate about it, the more that surfaces for me is those mistaken beliefs that are lurking in my consciousness. And um, as I journal and as I focus and as I notice my thoughts, I start being aware of what is needing to be healed that comes up in my consciousness for me. And so uh, I love that pairing journaling also with meditation and mindfulness. Uh, one way to practice mindfulness or meditation is um, uh, using our daily word. So we could meditate on the day of the word, which is grace. Or we could even just notice what words resonate with me. Are there words that don't resonate with me? Because sometimes I have the experience of reading the daily word and I'm like, I'm not sure I like that word. And so we can meditate on what's that about for me that I feel great attraction or uh, a sense of great repelling from a specific word. In Unity, I think we also know quite a bit about denials and affirmations. And when we say denials, we're not saying that something uh, isn't here. We're saying that it doesn't have power over us. And then we use our affirmations to speak words of truth. I have a story for you about uh, denials and affirmations. So when I was in my 30s, I had a job uh, where there wasn't a lot of possibility for advancement or additional income. And in this job, I was also working with a lot of seniors and elders who would sometimes describe themselves as being on a fixed income. And I started thinking, oh, my situation is, is very much the same. I'm also on a fixed income. And this was right around the time that I started going to a Unity Church. And one of the first classes I took was on prosperity consciousness, which I'd never heard of. It was a completely new idea for me this idea that we all have access to prosperity in each moment. And it started shifting my thinking so that I could have a denial of saying, I release any thought that my prosperity is tied to my current job. And I could start affirming, I am open and receptive to my good in all situations. I welcome blessings through channels expected and unexpected. So I could let go of that idea of fixed and open to something better for myself. Divine ideas, we're going to be practicing with this a little bit um, more later in our uh, meditation, but a divine idea can be any idea that we choose to focus on, any idea of blessing or good. So it might be one of the 12 powers, and the power for the month of June is imagination, which I just love, great power. And it could be another word, like the word from the daily word, grace, or something else that speaks to us, holding that uh, in sacred space. 
prayer. We know a lot about prayer in unity, the power of prayer. And when we're facing a stumbling block, sometimes it can be really helpful to ask for prayer from someone else. So we might have a practice where we have a prayer partner, someone that we pray with on a regular basis, or we might call Silent Unity or use their app on the phone and request a prayer from the Silent Unity folks. Sometimes if we're struggling, it can be helpful to ask someone to hold the high watch for us until we're able to get our consciousness back there and hold it for ourselves. This is one of my favorites, the spoken word, and uh, Tom mentioned this with uh, mantras, chanting, singing. Uh, it's not on the slide, but humming is uh, part of the practices that we're going to be using for our, our meditation together. Okay, now this one's challenging for me. Non-attachment and non-resistance. Tom's <laughs> laughing at me back there. Yeah, I'm the one who's always like, why, why is my, why, why is my mom not doing blur, blur, blur when I really want her to? Yeah. Um, sometimes we get very attached to a specific outcome. I want it to look like X, and that's okay. It's okay that we want what we want. Sometimes in unity, there's a debate about, is it okay to pray for specific stuff? Is it okay to pray for the, the red car? If you really want the red car, yes, it's okay to pray for the red car. And when I learned about prayer, one phrase that I learned that I really like is to say this or something better. That in my consciousness, I might envision the red car as my highest and best good, and there might be something better out there for me. So having a vision, but holding it lightly. And uh, this non-attachment or non-resistance, sometimes uh, I bump into this when I'm working on treating a, a couple health conditions that I have that are chronic. Okay. I just want them to be over with and not to have to work on them anymore. And I affirm, let them be gone or something better. There may be something better for me. There may be progress. There may be growth. There may be learning. I may be rolling my eyes as I say that, so I'm working on it. <laughs> Visualization. This is another one of my favorite keys to demonstration. Um, creating a vision board. I try to do one at the start of every calendar year, cutting pictures out of magazines that resonate with me, creating what my vision looks like. So then I can take that into meditation. And for me, because I, I tend to be very visual, it's helpful to have something that my eyes can focus on that makes my brain really happy. And also appreciation and gratitude can be a really powerful way to move around a stumbling block. Focusing on what's what's going right in my life. What what is there that's good? What can I appreciate today? Maybe it's just the ability to breathe. Maybe it's the sun coming out. Maybe it's getting together and seeing some people that I like on Sunday morning and recognizing the blessings that are present. This last one, forgiveness. This can involve forgiving others or forgiving ourselves. Recognizing, okay. Maybe I'm at a stumbling block place again. Maybe I maybe this is the time I bring out grace for myself. Maybe if if others are 
um, behaving in ways that I wish they wouldn't, maybe this is the time I offer grace in my relationships, grace and compassion, recognizing that we're all on this human journey, having our, our spiritual experiences. In his book, Jesus Christ Heals, Charles Fillmore said, the powers of the mind are developed in much the same way that the muscles of the body are. And I love this, that he compares spiritual practice to the E word. <laughs> exercise. So a, a lot of people have a really strong negative reaction to the word exercise. Uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. And at its root, the word exercise simply means to use, to use something. So we know that people who begin an exercise program that start doing something, say, like lifting weights or walking, that it, initially it's, it's hard, especially if they haven't done it before. But with time and practice and repetition, that weight gets lighter, it's easier to walk around because the body adjusts. And so exercise is not a one and done experience. It is something that with time and practice and repetition, the benefit results. And I love that in exercise, lifting weights is often called resistance. And the idea is that with lifting a weight, we're taxing our physical body to do something that's hard for it. Specifically so, our body adjusts and becomes stronger and grows. And I love this idea of thinking about overcoming our spiritual stumbling blocks because our spiritual stumbling blocks could be that thing that's going to help us, that is helping us become stronger spiritually and grow and develop spiritually. I try to remember that when I'm at, when I'm at the eyeball rolling stage of thinking, oh, this, this stumbling block again, here we are. And we know that Practice makes progress. So there's this saying in English, practice makes perfect, which I don't really care for because I think perfection is um, um, too high of a goal. <laughs> um, but practice makes progress. So as I mentioned earlier, we know that physical exercise is not a one and done. Spiritual practices are also not a one and done. Um, so, if, so if I'm out there telling people, oh yeah, I meditated once on uh, June 1st of uh, 1983. <laughs> it's probably not gonna do me a whole lot of good today that, that I meditated once way, way back in the day. So again, looking at our spiritual practices as helping us progress, even if we sit down to meditate and we don't see unicorns and rainbows on you know that one particular day, recognizing that the value is in the accumulation of our of our practices uh, working working together. All right, so we're going to um, be focusing a little bit on first this idea of divine ideas. And this is one of our uh, keys to overcoming spiritual um, stumbling blocks. And I highlighted divine ideas in blue on the slide, but I also highlighted that divine ideas are connected to a lot of other practices, including meditation, affirmations, prayer, um, spoken word, singing, and chanting, and so forth. 
And here's how divine ideas work. The idea is to come up with the opposite. And this is not about denying the reality or saying um, that this experience that I might be having isn't really here. It's about shifting my focus. It's about what am I gonna pay attention to? So if I'm having an experience of illness, as an example, some qualities that I might affirm instead are life, wholeness, vitality. The reality is, is if I have a cold, my heart is still beating, my blood is still circulating, my lungs are still breathing in and out, my digestive system is still working, all of it without me having to tell it to do that consciously. It still does it all on its own. So even if I appear to be having an experience of illness, I can focus on these divine powers of life, wholeness, vitality. In a similar way, if I'm having an experience that seems like lack, I can shift my focus, not denying that that lack may legitimately be here, not pretending it's not, but choosing to focus on ideas of abundance or prosperity or gratitude, recognizing the blessings that I have. So again, the idea is not to pretend something isn't happening, but to look at what is the opposite and is that something that I can help my brain focus on instead. So what about if, let's do this a little bit together, what about if you're having an experience of fear? And by the way, there's no right or wrong here. There's probably an infinite number of divine ideas that we could focus on, that we could shift our thinking to. So if we're having an experience of fear, what divine idea might we hold in our consciousness instead? Trust, Trust thank you. Love, heard love from a couple folks. Safety, okay, thank you. Any others? Peace, oh, I like it, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. We could focus on strength, courage. There's an abundance of divine ideas we could focus on. What about if we're having an experience of loneliness? What divine idea could we focus on? Oneness. Oneness, thank you, Tom. Assurance. Assurance, okay. Probably also look at peacefulness. Peacefulness, okay, thank you. And connection, thank you. And I heard something else over here. Appreciation. Appreciation, yeah. Yes, appreciation. Yeah, the ones who are here or the experiences I've had. Yeah. Okay. All also, right. Also, that there is someone else going through exactly the same thing at this exactly the same time and yeah. that you can reach out to that person and be together in that. Yeah, so thank you, Tom. The reminder that there are other people going through the experience of loneliness too, that loneliness is a human emotion, that I might feel alone, but I'm not the only one feeling it. And remembering our own power, our ability to reach out to others, to be the one to make the connection. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we shift our thinking, we know that this is the demonstration. This is what changes our consciousness. And it may change what we experience in the outer as well. 
So I think I already mentioned that um, the use of a divine idea is connected to meditation, affirmations, prayer, singing. We can identify a divine idea to work with and then create a prayer around it or create a song around it or meditate on that divine idea. I wanted to share too, um, just because I mentioned earlier that visualization is is one of the. So this was a vision board that I created one year, um, specifically when I was looking for divine perfect employment, and I I may have shown this here before. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my next job. But I focused on how do I want it to feel? How do I want to feel when I'm in that place of this divine perfect job? And so I created this vision board and then I was able to focus on this during my meditation to help shift my consciousness and shift my circumstances to where that job came around. So we know that um, our stumbling blocks may appear like barriers. And we know too that they may be the resistance in our lives that are here to help us progress spiritually, here to help us develop those spiritual muscles, that we always have an abundance of keys or tools that can help us in our spiritual journey. And we know that sometimes the stumbling block is something, something, something excuse me, that we're gonna go over, maybe we're gonna go under it, around it, or through it. Maybe that stumbling block becomes our best friend and we travel forward in life with it. But we know that this is all here for our good. This is all here for our spiritual growth and our good. And so as we prepare for a time of meditation, I'm gonna ask us to use one of the spiritual tools on here. It's related to singing, chanting, speaking the word, and um, it involves humming. So um, the good news is this is not an assessment of anyone's musical ability. So uh, this is uh, about feeling it in your own body. And so even if no one else hears it, that's totally okay. So just to explain what we're gonna do first before we get started, I'm gonna give you some time to think of a divine idea. And then I'm gonna ask you to hold that divine idea in your consciousness as we hum together. And a lot of times when I hum, we'll see if I can do this with a microphone. I put one hand on my heart and I put the other hand on the top of my head and I hum until I can feel the top of my head and my heart vibrating. I might put the microphone down when we're at that point, just, just so that we don't have a, a microphone accident up here. All right, okay, so this is where we're going. So um, I invite you to get your feet firmly on the floor and feel your toes wiggle around. Know your connectedness to the earth. Take a deep breath in and let it go. And continue breathing at a pace that feels comfortable and supportive for you. Know that you're in a safe place with friends where you are loved. And I invite you now to think of a divine idea. It could be the word from our daily word, grace. 
Maybe it's a divine idea based on a stumbling block you're working with. Maybe it's the opposite of that stumbling block. Maybe it's one of the 12 powers, like imagination. I personally really like the word illumination. So that's the idea I'm going to work with. And what I invite us to do, if it feels comfortable for you, is to put one hand on the top of your head and one hand on your heart. And we're going to take a moment as we each individually focus on our divine word, feeling the top of our heads vibrate as we remember our connection to the divine, feeling our hearts vibrate as we remember our connection to all life, and focus on the truth of this word, knowing God is the word you envision and you are the word you envision. So God is illumination, and I am illumination. I invite you to say that inside to yourself. God is, and I am. And let's take a moment and hum together till we feel that vibration. God is and I am wiggle our toes and our fingers as we come back to this space remembering that God is the good we envision we are that good as well and that we can always come back to our practice and for this experience of humming together as we hold our divine ideas and for all our spiritual keys we're so grateful so grateful and so it is thank you Audrey so many great tools and things to look forward to. Thank you. It's time now for our offering. 
And we would like to thank all of you who have donated to Unity through mail and continue to appreciate any checks that come to the church at 800 South Hill Street. You can also donate on the website, unityofcentralia.net. Also, we thank you for the ways that you give of your time and talent. So, such generosity, thank you. Let's say our offering prayer together as we hold our offerings in our hands or hearts. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. We bless these gifts and then send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. It's time for our healing prayer. If you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, you can speak out their name or hold them quietly. Church have asked that we send healing prayers and energy to all the people and animals displaced by war and natural disasters. The members of our communities who struggle to meet basic human needs and those that you will mention that we will pray for. We pray for John and for our friend Dixie, who is here with us today, who you'll see downstairs. Um, and our dear friend Johnny, who is having surgery this coming week. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. 
And let's say our prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and always will. And now if you would stand and form a circle, we would be ready to sing the peace song. And while y'all are getting in position, I want to thank the people who helped us out today. Audrey, Mike and Karen, our musicians, Joanne for the great slides, Eileen for the fabulous reading, Tom for setting us all up before and after. Thank you all. Thank you guys for showing up.